Right, season three, episode ten. Welcome, and thanks for turning it on. I oh, know it's not tuning in; it's not a radio. Good times, bad times. To begin with, I only have one. I only have one good time, but I only have two bad times, and one of them is really a catch-up, so I feel like there's just kind of like a balance there. First things first, the Northwest Territories announced that it is planning to raise its minimum wage to $15.20 an hour, up from, I believe, what it currently is, is $13.60. That's a pretty big jump. It is a big jump. You know, the living wage in the Northwest Territories is $23.06 an hour. hour. Yeah. $23 an hour. But yeah, still pretty high. So raising it to this, honestly, I think is a very good thing. It should help a lot. When it happens on September 1st is when the minimum wage increase will take effect. It will tie the territory with British Columbia as the highest minimum wage in the country as BC's is set to raise theirs to $15.20 on June 1st up from the current 1460. They've been steadily increasing theirs for two or three years now. I wonder if BC will go to 1525, just so they can say we're still the highest. <laughs> it's only planned to stop at 1520 now, but maybe. 1521. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, I mean, I generally think that's a good thing. Um, yeah, I, stuff's I expensive mean, up there. Yeah, and things, the minimum wage is not, generally increase nearly enough it really just should be tied to inflation but uh this is good i'm happy to see it you've got uh, you've got more good times than i do i have a couple they're they're debatable whether they're good times there was a there was a video and this is uh, i don't know i think it's a good time because i thought it was funny but it was kind of i don't know anyway the video of uh kevin mccarthy who's a republican senator released he's the He's a representative. He's oh. the House Minority Leader. Oh, he's in the he's in Congress. Yeah, he's right. like the congressman. Yeah, the flip to Nancy Pelosi, but yeah. for yeah. Republicans. So he released a video of himself reading Greek, "Green Eggs and Ham," and I, I why is why did I put it in Good Times? Well, I have to believe that the vast majority of people know what happened. We're talking about six books, and Green Eggs and Ham isn't one of them. So what yeah. what is the point that he's making here? He he just looks, and he also looks, looks kind of ridiculous because it's COVID, so there's nobody else in the room or anything, right? So it's just all of a sudden him reading Green Eggs and Ham by himself to a camera, and it's just, he, it's even maybe some cutout children on the floor. It would have gone over a little better. <laughs> I don't know. But also, it's not one of the books that they're not publishing. Yeah. Green so, Eggs and Ham seems to be a, a favorite of Republicans because a, a year or two ago... Or maybe three now, who knows? But that's what Ted Cruz read on the Senate floor during a filibuster to kill time. Um, yeah, yeah. I think it, he did. I think it might have been even four or five years ago because I looked at that as well. Oh my god! Three years ago, I think it was three years. Ago. I think it was twenty eighteen. Also sticking in the U.S., the one point nine trillion dollar COVID relief plan passed. Not a single Republican voted for it, despite being popular with Republican voters. And then once it was done, some Republican congressmen and, and senators talked about the good parts of it. Yeah, 
want all the credit but none of the vote for it. I think that was a mistake. I mean, I don't think there was really any negative. They wouldn't. They wouldn't face any negative consequence for voting for it, but they will face negative consequence for not voting for it. Some of those tight seats in the 2022 midterms, even if COVID is like mostly passed by that point, and November 2022, it might be mostly passed, hopefully at least, uh, but they'll bring it up. Like, the Democrats will, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, it will be an election issue. And, you know, I, getting $1,400 directly deposited into your bank account for doing nothing is never going to be an unpopular move. <laughs> it's <laughs> like it's not quite as many people as it was originally planned to go out to. It was uh, uh, Joe Manchin made them change the qualifiers, so it's it's a few less people than it was than the original plan, but it's still a lot of people going to get it. Yeah, I mean, it's about the closest thing that you can come to legally buying somebody's vote. <laughs> well, to be fair, I think they're probably going to use it for rent and food, but. Yeah, I know, absolutely, but they're still going to remember who gave them the money for the rent and food, and you yeah, know who it wasn't? Yeah, although, although the the stimulus package back in the days of the the uh, housing collapse, the housing crisis, didn't help the Republicans any, and they had the stimulus package that went through TREB or whatever it was called. But I guess that well, that like, might not have put money right I mean, into the individuals' accounts. Do you mean... Uh, it didn't help Democrats. Didn't help Republicans. It was them that passed it. And then, well, the Republicans passed it. Well, they originally passed it. Then Obama passed another one that that gave them a whole bunch more money. But you know, at that time, you know, about one of the one of the things that got Obama elected was their way that Bush was handling the housing crisis. And you know, even though he passed that big relief act, maybe it wasn't big enough. I don't know. And, and like you said, and like you're right, it didn't go directly to individuals like as fourteen hundred dollars in your account. So still, mm-hmm. it it should it should work out for. Hopefully, it helps people down there that have been suffering. Yeah, I hope so. And uh, this isn't necessarily a good time either. But the the total cost in the U.S. of the relief effort is five point five trillion dollars, which is a lot of money. But what needs to be taken out of this, and we can turn it into a good time, is is Canada has to look at this as a lesson. Because we've spent probably, you know, if you say we're a tenth, we've probably spent a tenth of that. So $550 million, which is still a lot of money. You know, you, have, you, have yeah. a, you also have a tenth of the tax base, so you don't have as much money as they do. So how about yeah. we make sure we have a facility to produce vaccines and PPE in this country... Bottom line, it'll save you money. You know, we had one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We had we had numbers. We had a few. We had lots of. I mean, it was a it was a production economy we had at one point. Not anymore. And then yeah, it was Brian Mulroney who closed it. But, well, okay. How many governments has there been since then? Nobody reopened it. There's been lots of opportunities. Yes. No. No. Absolutely, you're right. Should have. But that that was when it was closed. Mulroney days. Should have had. There's been lots of time. There's been. I mean, you can blame any party you want, except for the ones. You can blame the liberals or the conservatives because there's been lots. They've both been in power since then, and yeah, anybody could have built. Both. Anybody could have built the facilities. I know in Saskatoon there was a. They built a lab, and they talked about putting the capabilities to 
put make vaccines in it, but they decided it was too expensive, so they wouldn't. But it would have been a fraction of what COVID cost this country. That's what, and I mean, I, I feel like that is constantly a downfall of governments, is in the moment they look at a project and they think, right, like, it's too expensive, but it saves money in the long run. Oh, yeah. They don't look in the long run. And, and that's, Nobody looks in the long run. The same thing is, I mean, you look at the city of Toronto and the, the subway system. Uh, system's probably a stretch. The subway two yeah. lines. You know what I mean? And they're almost yeah. impossible to build now because they are so expensive. But you know what? They aren't going to get any cheaper. And we should have built them 40 years ago. Yeah. That's and it would have I mean, saved money point, now. Exactly. At some point, you just Well, not take right now because nobody's riding the TTC. But once, COVID was, once COVID's done. Honestly, height of the lockdown might have been the time to do it because you would have you were going to just have less people like the closures wouldn't affect as many people. The closures wouldn't, but you you have to work beside somebody when you're doing that sort of thing. Yeah, well, you're already inhaling a bunch of crap down in there anyway. <laughs> you seen the air quality reports? Probably you're, keeps you're, you healthy. You're yeah. being exposed to worse things than COVID. All right, moving on. You got bad types? Yeah, I got two. The first was yesterday was the one-year anniversary of the death of Breonna Taylor. And there was a march in Louisville, Kentucky, as the family continues to call for justice. As we know, the state of Kentucky has refused to charge the police officers. So there have been a few reforms, and they did do a multi-million dollar settlement with the family. The type of, like, entry, I guess you might call it, that the police use at the apartment has been banned in Kentucky since. But again, all the officers got off scot-free. Sorry? The no-knock warrant? Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Did you see this? But there's a federal investigation that um, seems to be the last hope for any sort of real sense of justice, and uh, we'll see how that goes. Did you see this week, or was it this week or last week's John Oliver when he was talking about that? No. No, you've been busy. You should watch it. It's very good. But, I mean, the gist of it, the gist of it is, uh, you know, if if this was, if nobody is going to be charged here and this was pretty much following procedures and we need to change the procedures right yeah and he said the difference between no knock warrants and knock warrants is virtually nothing like it's 10 or 15 seconds it's been oh. taken to court the knock warrant they said it was something about 20 seconds you know you can go in at 20 seconds or, or maybe a little bit less than that because you don't want to give the guy you're going in time to flush the drugs and all john oliver said you know should we be raiding houses for an amount of drugs you can flush down the toilet in 20 seconds yeah and then that led to should be we raiding houses for drugs at all the idea of house raids was for somebody is in imminent danger yeah yeah i agree I mean, I just think it's a waste of the taxpayer's dollar. I mostly, I also just mostly think most drugs should be decriminalized. Not legalized, but decriminalized. Well, the... Well, you definitely... I, I, think he's, I think he makes a good point. It's it's hard to justify putting not only the people's lives that are in the house, but also the officers' lives in danger for, you know, a, a what? A, a, for what? You're not saving yeah. any, like... Unless you're talking like, uh, you know, a, a narcos sort of amount of cocaine, which you're not going to flush yeah. in 20 seconds, then, yeah, you know, it's it's probably not something that should be done. 
Anyway, it's yeah, a really I, good episode. You should watch. You should watch it. I will. I, I I was thinking about it actually recently that I haven't watched it in a while, so I will. I think there's four in the new season so far. Oh, I think I've only seen the first one. The other thing is, last week I, I mentioned how much I don't care about the story of Harry and Meghan interview and stuff going in the palace. Yeah, I noticed um, it there again, which seems to believe that you do care. You mentioned well, it two weeks in a row. As uh, sort of as I've, you know, more details have come to light and such, I, I I sort of came to the realization that there was some more serious stuff going on than than I maybe Gray gave credit for, and especially like the allegations of racism, which I find totally believable against Megan from some of the aspects of the royal family and, and some of that unacceptable. So I don't want to necessarily, I don't want to minimize that because that is unacceptable. Asking some, expressing concern about the skin color of somebody's child is never acceptable. So I don't want to minimize that. And that is a serious issue. But I stand by the idea that while listening to this, while, you know, paying attention to this, we still need to keep it in perspective and recognize that despite the real troubles that they've had, these are still the two of the most privileged people in the entire world. Yeah, absolutely. And even before she married a royal. Yeah. And while I, while they do seem to have had real and unacceptable hardships, they're nothing compared to the hardships of most of the like, people that are getting that $1400 check. Yeah. Nothing compared to the most of the hardships of 99% of the world. Yeah. And I think that is getting brushed under the rug, and that annoys me still. Yeah, uh, like, I'm, I'm with you with your first point. I mean, uh, I, I struggle to care about their struggles. <laughs> oh, yeah, I meant to, I meant to say off the top, by the way, I got us a new listener, so I just wanted to say hi to Doug. Doug Crossy is an old workmate of mine, friend, maple syrup junk supplier, maple syrup supplier. Uh. We were we met up the other day to to get some maple syrup. He's my de- he's my dealer, my syrup dealer. <laughs> and uh, so I, I met up with him to get a hit the other day, and mentioned we were talking about a number of things. And I mentioned that you know I'd I'd been doing a lot of reading lately because we do our podcast. And he's like, I just live off podcasts. How did I not know you had one? And he signed up right away, and now he's listened <laughs> to a couple. So now he's going back to the beginning. I told him the beginning ones are probably a little bit rougher. Maybe from a little bit from content and very much so in uh, audio quality. <laughs> he needs to watch the video beginning ones for the story, but on his second time through, you just skip the first season and you go to the second season because that's, right. <laughs> that's when it really starts to get good. Yeah. But the first th- first listen through, you got to listen to the first season for the plot. Otherwise, the second one doesn't make doesn't sense. doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, you're done your bad times? I am. Okay, well, Republicans are trying to ban uh, what's called line warming, which is where you bring voters waiting in line to vote. Snacks, seats, water, things like that. Maybe a Sudoku. (laughs) Keeping people busy while they wait for one, two, three hours in line. Giving them a drink. Giving older people or people that need it a seat. How can you make that illegal? Right? Isn't it just somebody being nice to somebody waiting in line? How can that be? How can you possibly make that illegal? 
What if they're waiting in line for something else? I think they've actually done it in Arizona and Georgia. What if they're waiting in line for something? What if they're waiting in line for a movie? Yeah. You can't bring somebody a seat? On top of this, well, first of all, I would love to see their justification for this. Like, why? Suppressing votes. No, I know. That's like, I know why. Well, everybody knows why. That's what they legally wrote out. Like, I'm sure they gave some sort of BS justification, and I can't even think of one. It's like, the Democrats that are giving the seats for votes. <laughs> you want to sit? You got to vote like, for the Democrats. <laughs> no seat for you. No, I mean, it's it's voter suppression and it's cruel. And the other thing they've done, I think, both in Arizona and Georgia, or at least they're trying to do, and I'm sure other red states, is they're giving themselves, the legislature, the state legislature, the right to overturn the popular vote and award the electoral college votes to whoever they want, yeah, no matter who the state's voted for. It hasn't. I heard that. I don't know how far that'll go, but you're right. They're trying to, and I think this is trying to too. I don't think I, it's law yet. I thought it was. I thought I saw it was law in at least one state. I just but don't. Either way, I don't understand how that. I don't understand. Cool. What are you going to do if somebody gives somebody a chair that's waiting in line? You're going to arrest them? Is that the way it works? Or I guess you get a ticket. I don't understand. It's, it's cruel and unusual. Yeah, I wish it was more unusual, but it's really not. Yeah. Uh, another thing, the Republic's, Republicans' talking point, they're, they're talking about the Muppets being canceled. And this just didn't happen. It's on yeah. Disney. There is a couple of episodes where they put a disclaimer in front, which makes sense to me, and I think it's fair. How can you say something that is 100% absolutely false? And have people you believe, like, all you have to do is turn on Disney and they're there. How, who do they, who are they fooling? This is not the first time, though. They're fooling roughly half of America. How? Do they not have the Disney Channel? Maybe they need to put it on regular cable? (laughs) I don't understand. I don't, it's, it's ridiculous. These, I mean, like, the Republicans just don't even seem to have a platform anymore. They just kind of talk about random things, whatever happens to be pissing them off at the day. Yeah. Oh, there was a really good, uh, what's his name? Brian Taylor Cohen. Do you ever watch him on YouTube? No. Who is that? He's a he's a political guy that does a podcast and a YouTube bit that's, uh, he's, oh, no. he's, he's, he's a Democrat. So, you know, he comes at it from a certain point of view, but there was a, there was a really good thing where they were, it was, they were talking about cancel culture and how that's the... It was two Republicans talking, and they were saying how it's the biggest threat to the nation right now or something like that. And then they went to uh, the Republican that was the lead prosecutor in the most recent impeachment. Do you remember his name? Jamie something, maybe? No, I don't recall. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Anyway, he said, he said, he you know, just a list off the top of my head, things that Republicans have canceled or tried to cancel. And then he listed a bunch of things, Samantha B, uh, like a ton of things, line, line warming, you know, a ton of things that they have canceled or tried to cancel. And he's yeah. like, this is not a bi- this is not a partisan issue. <laughs> it's just now we're calling you on it. Basically. Like you, tr- we're just, we're just calling you on it. The people yeah. are calling you on it. Not just us. The people are calling you on it. Yeah. It's a little ridiculous. I'm trying to think, it's actually, I mean, you know, considering the fact that 
Trump has kind of led the Republican Party since 2016. The last time the Republicans probably really had a platform of any kind was the 2014 midterms. Yeah, he didn't have a platform. He can't even walk down off a platform. No, exactly. So it's been seven years since the Republicans really had a solid platform. It's it's been longer. Uh, just listening to the Obama book, the the Republican platform is the basically just yelling at the Democrats, trying to block trying works. to block everything they do. This cancel culture thing, especially when there's no politics to that they can argue with, so they go after this cancel culture, which. I I think you do have to be a little bit leery. You have to be careful. Like the the Democrats do have to be careful. Uh, not that not that the Muppets or or the Dr. Seuss thing was the Democrats per se. It wasn't a political issue. But you mm-hmm. do have to be a little bit careful. And I think you should be. I don't think you should just go around blanketly taking things off the market. But you know, if if a publishing company has books that's not public popular and they stop publishing them that's not canceling that's just business it is yeah it's the definition of capitalism yeah anyway moving on lindsey graham in an axiom interview said i'm not gonna i wish i could do like his sort of southern drawl that he does here wait a second one second there's something about Trump. There's a dark side, and there's something there. And what I'm trying to do is just harness the magic. There's some magic there, and what I'm trying to oh, do. Oh yeah, is... there's some magic there. Sorry, I missed. I'm not necessarily the best at cold reading. <laughs> what I'm trying to do is harness the magic. What a moron! That was a good Graham. Though. I feel like he's making his name for himself in the Republican Party by just being an ass kisser, just being the biggest ass kisser they have. He's good at it. He is. But, like, more than any other senator, he seems to be good at, like, you know, puckering up. He also said, though, I think you missed the there's a dark side. He said there's something about Trump. There's a dark side. I said there's a dark side. Oh, did you? Okay. There's something about Trump. There's a dark side and there's some magic there. And what I'm trying to do is harness the magic. What's his... I I mean, at least he said there was a dark side. I don't know what he meant because he didn't vote to convict as far as the insurrection goes. Is he talking about racism? Is that the dark side? I don't know. I'm not sure. No, I think that's the magic. (laughs) More closer... More closer? That's wrong. Closer to home. Yeah, it is. Closer to home. 250 COVID cases at a local Amazon factory that's forced it to shut down. And that's bad, but will I still get my package on time? Yeah. They employ 5,000 people at this Amazon factory. That's amazing. That's a lot of people not getting paid enough. Yeah, I was going to say, those 5,000 people don't even make a tenth of what Bezos makes. (laughs) (laughs) They don't even make a (laughs) two-thousandth. And the... Oh, this was meant to be in good times, not bad times. Flip him back. And, And actually, it was meant to... This was meant to be in political... That's where I meant to put it. But I'm going to read it here so I don't forget about it. But just pretend, just transport yourself to political for a moment, if you will, <laughs> with me. <laughs> the Biden administration this week amended licenses for the companies to sell to China's Huawei, Corporate, Huawei Technologies Corporation Limited, 
which farther restricts the company's supply, supplying items that can be used with 5G devices. And I am with them on this, and I wish we would do something. It drives me nuts that Huawei advertises on Hockey Night in Canada all the time, and we don't seem to be doing anything about it. Like, we just, we're just happily... They put no. They put uh, Nokia. Was it Nokia that was the Canadian phone company? No, but uh, I don't remember what is. It starts with an N. Nortel. Nortel. They put Nortel out of business. They 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 hacked the Nortel uh, server, stole all their information, and and just you know that's that's how they made their their name, and why. Is Canada behind that sort of company? I mean, we're holding your CFO. Why not just say, you know, there's something going on here that we maybe, maybe we shouldn't be advertising them on our national broadcaster? Or is CBC just that yeah. desperate that they'll take money from anybody? As they're holding the two Michaels. Yeah. And oh, that. China's a real problem. And I don't know what the answer is. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, the I mean, you had to, it's almost too late now. I don't know what the answer is That's either. The, the answer is the answer. The problem is the answer is not palatable to many people. The answer is buy Canadian, buy American, buy North American, pay more, get manufacturing jobs back here. That's the answer. Yeah, but I think. But that, nobody wants to pay twenty five dollars for a t shirt instead of five ninety nine. Yeah, there's just no political capital, but I bet you all the world leaders are kind of just sitting and waiting and hoping that they'll collapse like the Soviet Union, but... They seem to have... Base. Well, the, it's not quite as vast. Well, it's not nearly as vast. It's still a big country, absolutely. <laughs> but, I don't know, somehow the Soviet Union, and it's also... It felt like... The Soviet Union always felt like a bunch of states, but, I mean... Soviet Union. It's a union of states, whereas China is China. Yeah, and I feel they, like I think they have provinces as well, but it's it's just it's just more under the thumb. Yeah, and and I feel like during the Cold War there was more of a come together. You know, like it's not like America had uh, manufacturing jobs in the Soviet Union. You know, yeah, there was everything was closed off. And there was sanctions and there was whatever, whatever. And there's just not that with China anymore. It's very open, which I think allows them more opportunity to get a better standard of living for their people, which allows them to more uh, or greater ease in like propaganda and manipulation and everything like that. They've manipulated their currency to keep it artificially low. Uh, They do all they 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 steal designs and, and technology, intellectual property whenever they can i shouldn't maybe not every company but as a country absolutely it it happens it's it's not deniable yeah so i i mean i think they need a leader who sort of like gorbachev who started to like liberalize things a little bit yeah and then that leads to people wanting way more and then it leads to sort of like the collapse yeah i don't know i don't see that in the near future yeah yeah, I don't see that happening in the near future because there's no real calls for that. No, no, the people in China, they, they've done a great job of uh, marketing. They're very happy. I met, yeah, you know, when I was in India, there was a, a Chinese gentleman that I met there. 
<laughs> it was funny. We, the, we were sitting at the table, and because uh, we were both long stayers, so they had yeah. a, they had a dinner for long stayers, and they introduced us. And he said, "You American?" I said, "No, Canadian." He said, "Oh, so when are you going to let May Young Win go or whatever?" <laughs> like May Wang Zhou. May Wang Zhou go. He like jumped right into it, and I said, "Well, actually, that's not up to me." <laughs> <laughs> I'll just call up my close personal friend Justin Trudeau and ask. <laughs> <you know. laughs> and then he went on about how you're just lapdogs of the states and stuff. And I said, "Well, actually, what it is is we have a treaty with them, and she will go to a yes. Canadian court, and then they'll decide if there's enough evidence to either send her to the states or send her back to China." But we when had a lot of the two Michaels. Yeah, we had a lot of we had a lot of interesting conversations. But he was very, very, very pro-China. And very, very anti-American. Although he did love Seth Meyers. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. It was funny. <laughs> That's a <laughs> odd... I mean, okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Anyway, back to... Uh, we'll leave political now. And back to bad times. So that wraps up bad times. <laughs> There's a All over the world. I have a couple. You have a couple. Yours look more serious. Oh, go ahead. You don't need to raise your hand. Nobody can see it. <laughs> I was scratching my head. But oh, I you. thought you were putting your hand up to, like you had a question. No. Oh. Nope. But thanks for throwing it to me. <laughs> <laughs> I thought yeah, you were like, I, I want to go world. first. <laughs> um, I think I should go first. Yours no. look more serious. Yeah, you go first. All right. There are uh, there was more anti-COVID protests in De Hague, Netherlands. Anti-COVID rules protests. So they they aren't protesting against COVID. They're protests against the rules that are supposed to help you from keep getting COVID. If they're really just if that's like, clear. They're really just like two more lapsed synapses away from being a pro-COVID co- protest. That's right. It is. I don't. I just don't get it. Like it really at this point. You know, you can see the finish line. Yeah, like with the vaccines rolling out. Like, we just is it is it is the protest? We got to kill as many people as we can before these vaccines take effect. I don't understand. (laughs) Yeah, it's stupid. And air travel is at the highest point in a year, which is good to see all over the world. That's good to see. Yep. I mean, I mean, it's most. It's kind of good to see. I don't know if it means we that should be. we're starting to get back to a po- the highest point in a year. So a year ago is when it declared a pandemic and it went to zero and then yeah. it's slowly been coming up. So it's not, you know, it's the highest point since they declared the pandemic. Pre-pandemic, I don't think we're there, but you know, it's 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 good. It means stuff's coming back and that's that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of people uh, have vaccines, you know. That's true. They do. Uh, just be- just because we live in a country where it seems impossible to get a vaccine yeah. doesn't mean that uh, and, and other only, people don't. Oh, mom's coming up behind you. Not only that. Oh, you can talk. Hi, mom. That was a. I'll leave the kiss in. I won't edit it out. It wasn't a pop. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, honey. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. I'm in I, bed. I was talking about the stuff you should know podcast with Dylan. <laughs> There's so much stuff I need to know. That's the podcast that uh, your mother listens to instead of ours. I have since February 
January 13th. If there's more, I don't have them. Yeah, so the, what were we talking about? Travel, COVID, uh, vaccines. The, the thing is, they don't, uh, they don't even have a, as far as I can tell, like, why isn't there a plan that's very public? Why don't I know, okay, like a plan A at least. I should know approximately when I can get my, when I could start looking at getting a vaccine. Yeah. But I have no idea. Could you Google it and find out? N- no, because I have. Oh. Yeah. It doesn't tell me when I can approximately get it. It tells me what people can do it right now and when they hope to get the next people out. But I'm not in either of those groups. Yeah. I'm, I'm in the last Actually, that's group. not entirely true. It does say, and then we hope to go worldwide spread by May or something. But that's pretty vague plan. But I guess maybe that's all they can do. I don't know. I just feel like as long as they aren't wasting any. But I, I still think it should be going faster. If there's vaccines in the freezers, start sticking them in people's arms. Because there's definitely yeah, people agree. that want to get them. I agree. It's a mess. All right. Over to you. All right. Well, Barbados is expected to cut ties with the monarchy and become a republic. It's been something that their current prime minister has been advocating for for the while. And it's actually the Harry and Meghan interview and the allegations of racism from the palace that have sort of given the country the political capital to do it. Uh, and they're aiming for on. September 5th. I don't necessarily buy that reason. But just because... Uh, isn't, it obvi- like, isn't it obvious that... <laughs> I don't know. I just struck me that... The, the 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 old rulers from the 18th and 17th century are more than likely racist. Yes. No, but what but, but the fact that the interview has brought it sort of like back into the current conversation. Like it's not that they didn't know, it's that the highlight is now on it again, which is giving the country the political capital. Well, good for, I mean I mean listen, there's lots of reasons to leave their monarchy. I I'm I'm all with I'm I'm all for that. I I would be happy. You know, I actually learned recently, I was reading a CBC article, it would be harder for Canada to cut ties with the monarchy than it would be for Britain. <laughs> Why? How is that possible? Because of the way our constitution's laid out. Because they are a unitary system, they don't have provinces, to change their constitution, they just need to vote in parliament. For us, it needs to pass the federal parliament and every provincial legislature. Every provincial legislature? So... Everyone. Okay, so we we got Quebec for sure. Quebec's Quebec's there. They actually, they hold that vote every Friday. (laughs) And it always passes unanimously. They're just, they want to be ready. And, but, but you're right. There's probably some, there's probably the, probably the more conservative provinces are happy with the monarchy. And even if they're not happy with the monarchy, they, they might be apathetic enough that they, they might be willing. You know, say it was the current situation. You know, there are so many conservative premiers. Um, if Justin Trudeau wanted to cut those ties, I wouldn't be surprised if they said, we'll pass it, but it's going to cost you big. Uh, yeah, or, or they could turn it around and use it against them. Yeah. So that's I don't know. What are, what are the young people's thoughts this year the, on this? Do you do you care if we're part of the monarchy or not? Do your friends I've care? Heard a variety of 
it's not really on our mind. I think there's a variety of opinions, but mostly not. Nobody cares. Yeah. But what does it? I mean, maybe I don't understand fully like a cost benefit analysis. What does it cost us and what do we get out of it? It doesn't cost us anything, really. We don't pay the queen a dime. No. Not even for her picture on our money. No. Like like trademark rights or something. No. Well, it no. costs us the salary of the governor general for sure. Yes. Okay. There you go. It, it costs, costs us. It costs us end of housing and of lodging every time they come over and security and things like that. Yeah. Yes. Every time they're here, it's expensive, and every lieutenant governor and the governor general. Now, I thought somebody told me that we did pay the queen, like we paid the monarchy money on no, a regular basis. No, I don't think so. The thing is, though. Yeah, the Sovereign similarly only draws from Canadian funds for support in the performance of her duties when in Canada or acting as Queen of Canada abroad. Canadians do not pay any money to the Queen or any other member of the royal family, either towards personal income or to support royal residences outside of Canada. Hmm. Do they have permanent royal residences in Canada? And and has she ever introduced herself as Queen of Canada? Um, whenever she's in the country, she is technically the Queen of Canada. No, I know, but, I mean, it said whenever she's acting of the, like the Queen oh. of Canada abroad. Like, she goes yeah, to the yeah. States and says, hey, I'm the Queen of Canada? Yeah, no. <laughs> no. I mean, we would be paying a president if we weren't paying the Governor General, and that would actually probably be more expensive. Why? Do you need one? I mean, I guess... Can't you just not, have just the Prime Minister? You don't need... I've, I've seen that system before where you have a President and a Prime Minister. It doesn't make sense to me. Why would you do that? Just have a Prime Minister or a President. Pick one. It's just... It's another check and balance, you know? We already have a useless Senate. Do we need another useless position? We have a... <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of power to invest in one single branch of government if you don't have an executive branch. But it's, it is that way now. Most of the time, though, it has happened that the governor general has stepped in and said, no, I won't sign this into law. Yeah, I don't know. It's not in recent history, but it's happened. Yeah. OK, sure. Lots of things happened ages ago when people did stupid <laughs> things. <laughs> anyway, anyway, good for Barbados. Uh, do they want to join Canada or that's just joining the monarchy again? So no, because I'm looking for a I, southern place. to. I think Barbados actually very seriously consider joining canada will they have will they get rid of the pound are they going to use what dollar are they going to use us uh do they have the pound in barbados i don't know what they have i have no idea i think they pay in rum i think rum is their official currency (laughs) yeah no barbados um they've very seriously considered joining canada and uh as, as recently as 2008 a former president of Barbados reflected on the close historical relations between both nations and questioned whether a political union was possible within the next 100 years. Yes. I'd be okay with that. Yeah, I'm, does, I don't think Barbados... I'd like to go a little farther south, a little bit warmer, but I'd take Barbados. What about the Bahamas? They're also interesting. interested. Any, any one of those places in the Beach Boy song. <laughs> Bermuda... Bahama, mama, pretty mama. You know, you know the one. Key Largo, Montego. <laughs> Baby, why don't we go Ooh, to the Kokomo? Turks and Caicos. 
Yes, that's a that's a big good one. That's a good one. And Bermuda. We're talking. Oh yeah, Bermuda. Yeah. Well, I I I, I get I know I, I just get nervous flying into Bermuda with the whole triangle thing. <laughs> Anywho, oh also Saint Lucia. Yes, that's a good one too. I'd be happy with Saint Lucia as part of Canada as well. The Pitons. Anyway, <laughs> the Canadian Pitons. <laughs> Moving on. To something that, much less funny. Topic. Sorry? <laughs> yes. Much after, less funny. after that happy topic, let's now talk about genocide. An independent international commission has ruled what we all already knew, if you have heard anything about this. I know John Oliver talked about it, I think, in his last season. The Chinese government is committing a genocide against the Uyghur, uh, sorry, Uyghur, Uyghur minority Muslim population in its most uh northwestern province it is like international leaders are slowly starting to acknowledge it but it's taking far too long i understand that you know you want to be careful with china but it's a genocide and that's not okay yeah no it's not it's just like you can't be tiptoeing around a genocide like it's happening we know it's happening and something needs to be done about it yep uh, I, I mean, there's no argument. It's just, how do you do it? I mean, what do you, do you start a war? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, not military, but I think you need to slap on a ton of political sanctions. Yeah, but the, I would 100% agree with you. The problem, and I'm just sort of playing, I think it's I think it's worth it. You do it, regardless. But right now, the way the economy is, nobody's, no country's going to do that. Yeah, you're right. I agree. You should do it regardless because it's a genocide. But like we're just coming out of one of the worst times, you know, since 2008, definitely the worst since 2008, maybe worse, probably worse than 2008. Yeah. And China is a big part of the global economy. I and mean, it's not the same as the sanctions on Iran. Now, there was some oil there, but what does Iran really produce other than that? And there's other places to get oil. Yeah. China produces everything. Yeah. We've put ourselves almost at their mercy yep every are we are we going to try to hit on china in every segment this time <laughs> uh, i don't have china in the next one uh we can somewhere it'll come up ah. well, everything every little thing every little thing with you and me had to be so political everything everything with you and me was so Moving into political with a little bit of background water noise from uh, probably some toothbrushing, pre-bed toothbrushing is what I'm guessing is going on upstairs. Yeah, likely, likely. Because it's late. It's later than normal because we, we did spring forward, which I just had no idea was happening. But almost <laughs> it nowadays, it doesn't matter. Everything changes. I woke up, my watch changed, my phone, everything changes. Like yeah. It just doesn't matter that you don't remember anymore. The, it just goes without you. And now I, I hope the clock on my oven, but that was it. Hopefully now we're forward. Let's just stay forward, people. Keep it forward. Pay it forward. Keep it forward. Let's never go back. I don't care now that I've missed that hour. I'm willing to give up that hour. <laughs> Alrighty. So have- Political. Yeah, I'm gonna skip my como because you have a lot more information than I do. And okay, I'm cool. gonna move into 
uh, Wisconsin Senator Ron Johnson is uh, a lot of go ahead on sounds in his name Ron, Ron Johnson John yes on 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 Ron Johnson Ron Johnson you're right there is it's a weird name uh, it's an odd name but anyway he is being called racist for an interview he did he said he wasn't worried about the predominantly white supporters of President Donald Trump during the deadly insurrection at the Capitol, but that he might have been if they had been Black Lives Matter protesters. Johnson said of those who stormed the Capitol on January 6th, I knew those people who love the country that truly respect law enforcement would never do anything to break the law, so I wasn't concerned. Now, had the tables been turned, and Joe, this is going to get me in trouble. Had the tables been turned, and President Trump won the election, and tens of thousands of Black Lives Matters in Antifa, I might have been a little concerned. Now, this is for, you know, our large listening audience in Wisconsin. Ron Johnson happens to be up for re-election next year, and he hasn't actually decided whether or not he's going to run again? This statement must mean I'm not running. Well, I mean, we'll see. Uh, he knows it's going to get him in trouble. Why would he say? He says this is going to get me in trouble to the interviewer, Joe, someone. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. We'll see. Either way. And also, I knew, I knew that they truly respect law enforcement and would never do anything to break the law. They all broke the law. What are you talking yeah. about? And I believe they uh, were responsible for the death of a police officer or a yeah. security guard. Yeah. Yeah. So I so I don't understand where this like I do not understand where this is coming from. And also, is it the is it the protesters not breaking the law? Again, wish we were on video because I'm doing air quotes. Or <laughs> is it the response to that non-law breaking? Yeah, uh, it's He's like, here's the thing. I wasn't worried because I agreed with them. They weren't after me. <laughs> I wasn't worried because they all look like me. Ron Johnson. You couldn't get a whiter name than Ron Johnson. <laughs> oh, God. I hope I hope if he runs again, he loses. Wisconsin. He probably won't. They're probably he like, might. yeah. Yeah, he's right. Wisconsin, Wisconsin has only gone red once in the last... Oh yeah, Wisconsin. Yeah, no, years. sorry. Yeah, Wisconsin is the is quite. It's a northern state. It's uh, yeah, Green Bay, right? The cheese, lots of cheese being made in Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah, very. Yeah, maybe you're right. They, I was thinking. I mean, they sometimes, you know, like they have Republican governors occasionally, and sometimes they do Republican senators. But most of the time, presidentially, they go Democrat. 2016 was an exception. But I think that if the Democrats play their cards right, they can get Wisconsin. Well, whoever who. Whoever would make a statement like this should probably not be in any form of government. Well, if we held them to that standard, there'd be like six Republicans in the entire United States government system from the federal government down to the municipalities. (laughs) It's crazy. It's just crazy. Yeah. Moving on, Fauci urges Trump to tell his supporters to get vaccinated. I don't think that's going to happen. No. I think Fauci just likes goading him at this point. (laughs) Because that's, that's, I don't think that's going to happen. Listen, at a certain point, it's natural selection. 
people who are choosing not to get the vaccine. Okay. And London police are facing a... Oh, this was probably supposed to be in all over the world. I did a poor job today of of Just, just everybody in your mind mentally swap the two. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Except for that oh, was no, in good times, bad times. times. Yeah, so you have okay. to slip back, move that one forward one, and the other one, this one, this one up one, that one down two. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> uh, London police are facing a backlash because they used some heavy-handed tactics to break up an outdoor Virgil for a woman suspected, a woman who suspected killer is a police officer. So, Vigil. Yeah. I don't know if that's her name. No. <laughs> you said uh, uh, outdoor Virgil. Oh, did I? Yeah. <laughs> well, Virgil was part of it. He was there. He was protesting. He was outside <laughs> at the time. Um. Yeah, I read about that. I, I didn't know enough. I don't know enough of the details, though, to really start commenting on it. Well, generally, Vigil, Virgil is not very, uh, not very violent at Vigils. Yeah, that's really not something you need to meet with any sort of force, really. Vigil, to me, is not a protest. Yeah. It's no, different. I mean, it's not. So yeah. I don't think you even need to break up Vigils. Yeah. Let Virgil have his vigil. (laughs) Oh, God, cops. Anyway. And then moving back to actually politics, it should be in here. Nebraskan Governor Pete Ricketts spoke out at a press conference against legislation that would legalize medical marijuana, saying it will kill your kids. I don't know if he's done his research on that. Probably not. I I don't know if he's ever researched anything. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But that just seems a lot a very uh, well narrow minded stance, especially when you're talking about medical marijuana. This isn't this isn't for recreational use. It's medical marijuana. Yeah. I mean, a lot of states recreational marijuana is legal now, but this is this and is medical marijuana, and there's and there's a lot of of research that shows it's very helpful for a lot of different conditions yeah so i i just he's just so far out of the times here it's just shocking to me over to you is yes. your are yours all political you did a much better job of preparing than i did yes. today <laughs> thank you uh yeah speaking of governors a seventh person i believe last time we had a podcast it was three so it has more than doubled in the past week but a seventh person has come out accusing andrew new york governor andrew cuomo of sexual misconduct and now Senators Chuck Schumer, the majority leader, and Kristen Gillibrand, who are um, the two senators from New York, as well as representatives Jerry Nadler, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Grace Meng, and Antonio Delgado, along with 55-plus members of the New York State Legislature, have called for him to step down. He says he won't. I think, though, that it's only a matter of time. Yeah. Like, well, when any- your own party's turned against you, and especially as such prominent figures as Chuck Schumer and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, you can only survive so long with so few allies. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't know about these particular cases. Obviously, it seems where there's smoke, but he definitely deserves a day in court. 
you shouldn't you shouldn't convict him on on what are right now unproven allegations. I agree you shouldn't legally convict him. But if you have seven allegations against you, that's pretty damning. Odds of uh, the odds of one woman lying are slim to none. The odds of seven are basically zero. And, you know, as a private citizen absolutely deserves his day in court, he shouldn't be stripped of any rights or anything. But should he be governor of a state while so, but, there's this investigation and legal challenges? Yeah, but it, let's just say he's found innocent, but he's stepped down. He can run again. Yeah, but but then no, why should he be forced again. to step down? I, I don't know. I think I think almost well, it, listen, it's bad anyway. But but also on top of this, you have the cover up of the long term healthcare deaths. Yeah. Right. And that yeah, that I, looks I like and again like and again you need it needs to have his day in court for that too. But that also looks very damning. So I agree with you. I think he won't be governor for very long. But I think there needs to be some sort of. Maybe even not a trial, but some sort of airing of the evidence where he's like either found able to govern or not able to govern. I don't know if there's some sort of tribunal or something that you can do. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know. But I just, I just feel like you, you can't. Con- it's, it's almost convicting him without letting him have his day's court. He's denied all the allegations. If well, he said, yeah. "Yeah, I did it," then fine, step down. But he's denied, so. Well, of course he's denied. No, well, I mean... Uh, they uh, all deny. No, that's not true. Uh, what's his name? Um, Al Franken uh, said maybe I treated... He didn't admit to anything, but he said maybe I treated people poorly back then. He he definitely came out with like, uh, I'm sorry if you didn't... Yeah, that's... Yeah, basically. Understand the situation as I did sort of excuse. Yeah. But he didn't deny. He sidestepped. Anyway, anyway. I, I, I agree. We'll I, I I don't think he's long for that job, and I think I think there's two two pretty serious things yeah. coming down the coming down the pipe at him. So I think he's in big trouble. Listen, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if he's still governor by our next podcast. But I also wouldn't be surprised if he steps down by then. Yeah, and I mean, what is the what are the what's that recall thing that you can do? Like that's kind of uh, happening to Newsom. I don't know if you can do that in every state. It's oh. happening. In, you can do it in California. I don't know if you can do it in New York. Oh, there's got. Is it's there no? There's no. Uh, there's no recourse to get rid of your governor if he's like. There must be some sort of similar impeachment well, or impeached. something. Yeah, he can be impeached. Well, who does that? Then, then that's what they need probably, to do. Probably the state legislature. Then that's what they need to do, and uh, and then you can then he can have his day in court. Yeah, yeah, it's not a bad idea. We'll see. I'm sure there will be updates. This story is not going anywhere as much as Andrew wish it would. No, no, and 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 yeah. I, I mean, like you said, I just it doesn't look good for him. And yeah, I think it was Seth Meyers that said, uh, you know, yeah, sure, everybody was behind him in the beginning, but that's because he could sit at a press conference and put four put four sentences together. Now that we have a president can do that, it seems a lot less, a lot less <laughs> impressive. <laughs> Very true. Um, but yes, moving on. In a 70 to 30 Senate vote, Merrick Garland was confirmed as Attorney General of the United States, and I feel some sense of a little bit of justice being done there. 
That's seven, no pun 70 to 30 in the Senate. Yeah. Wow. So 20 Republicans voted for him. Yeah. A lot of Republicans were out there praising his merits as a straight shooter and somebody who pursues justice, including Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell was one of those 20. Oh, man. Right? Unbelievable. Now, there are rumblings that there is a Democratic justice on the Supreme Court who's thinking of stepping down. Do it now. Retiring. And a part of me wants Joe Biden to appoint Merrick Garland to that, if Merrick Garland would prefer that to Attorney General. But another part of me wants him to appoint somebody who's like 32. <laughs> yeah, or like 18. How, how, early can yeah. You how early can you graduate but from law school? The minimum legal age to be required on the Supreme Court. Yeah. And just let... It doesn't even matter if they're good. Just let the other two justices tell them how to vote on things. Yeah. The two Democratic justices. We're just going for length over strength here. Yeah, exactly. We got to outlast this six-three majority. I think I think they should all step down and let and just let Joe Biden fill in with the youngest people he can find. <laughs> you need one voice that knows what they're talking about, though. You can't have them all That's step true. down. The most recent appointee, sure. Sonia Sotomayor, I think, is who it is. Sure. Anywho. Yeah, that was Biden's so, appointee. Or, sorry, Obama's appointee. Yeah. Anyway, that's good. Merrick Garland, I'm happy you got a happy ending. Um, Jason Kenney, Premier of Alberta, however, his fortunes are not so happy currently. He is facing a leadership review at the next party convention in 2022, as all recent polls put Alberta's NDP ahead of the UCP, some by one or two points, one of them, though, a very recent one that came out yesterday, puts them ahead by 20 points with the NDP Wowzers. at 1% support. Now, that's an outlier for now. You know, like, we'll see if they get closer to that. We'll also um, see when you actually go to put pencil to paper. But uh, right now, 338, it's actually, that makes it, those polls make it sound better than actually is 338 puts the NDP at 42 seats for the 42.6. So, you know, somebody 42. has to share a seat for, yeah, something like that. And then the but UCP they get more at than 40. Half. Oh, that's pretty close. And a majority in the Alberta legislature is 42. So it's, it's very tight right now, but if it keeps trending in the NDP direction. So who are the other two seats going to the liberals or the, no, it was also, uh, you know, there's margins of errors and point sixes or whatever. But right now, the UCP and the NDP are the only two parties expected to get seats. Oh, wow. Now, here's something, uh, speaking of the UCP, here's something infuriating. From the party that touts fiscal responsibility and free speech, the UCP's energy war room. Have you heard about this, Dad? No. The energy war room? You haven't heard about it? No. It was a big deal. Basically, it's they've created this department that essentially just their only job is to defend the oil industry in Alberta around the world. So it's not an energy war room. It's an oil war room. Yeah, but they call it the energy war room because it sounds better. They're getting, in this year's budget, they're getting $50 million. That um, feels like it could be better spent. Taxpayer money, right? Now, but... They're getting an additional $12 million in taxpayer dollars now 
to combat a Netflix children's movie that was just released that they say portrays the oil industry in an unfair negative light. What's the movie? It's called like Bigfoot or something like something to do with Bigfoot. Oh, I think I heard of that. Twelve million dollars. Are they making their own movie that where oil saves the world? For is I that how they're going to combat it? Like Bigfoot's what evil a waste and waste of money. Yeah, yeah, that is a waste of money. They, and then they turn around to the federal government. I mean, what about like, Fern Gully? What about all of the, all of the, you know, all those uh, the movies you used to watch with the dinosaurs? Yeah, the Land Before Time. Yeah, they were all like environmentally. Friendly. I mean, that uh, they they all eventually became oil, but they were all <laughs> very pro environmental <laughs> at the time. I mean, almost all like so many children's movies are have that as a, as that. What are they doing? This is what yeah. are they doing? Yeah, I don't understand. It's- and then they turn around to the federal government and they're like, please give us more money for health care with no strings attached. Like, yeah, I can no. think of a string. I can think yeah. of a big, long, dangly string. And then, and then, also, if this is how you're spending money, you have no right to criticize anybody's deficit. No, this is... Ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't know what the total Alberta budget is. $12 million might be a drop in the bucket, but it's still, you can do a lot... You can do you can do a lot of vaccinations for twelve million bucks. Well, as they're spending twelve million dollars on this, they just cut the university funding by sixty eight and a half million dollars. Maybe you could have softened that blow by throwing the twelve million at maybe education. Yeah, and and honestly, if you add the war, do you need an energy war room to promote oil globally? For the most part, oil's doing pretty well. So yeah. that's sixty two million. You know, if they cut yours by sixty eight, that they could have cut it by. By six million and uh, put all that money into education. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. Although I don't understand how, you know, with everybody there paying tuition, how they lose money. Like, why? How is how is it not? Uh, are you on a boat? No, sorry, I'm just oh. clicking face. <laughs> so the screen was shaking. It looked like it was at yeah. sea. Um. <laughs> Yeah, we almost need to video this at some point so to have a, have a vodcast. But the, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, now I've, now how, why? I don't understand how the university is not like a profit center. Because they spend money in horrible ways and they all pay themselves too much at the top. And they, then they also need to spend money better because you have, how many people go to U of A? Like 70,000? Uh, yeah, I think it's around there. Yeah, I think that so too because I remember when we took the tour, I think they said something around 70,000, but it's still Wait, a small What's the population of the Northwest Territories? 20,000. Okay, no, it's more 40, than that. 40,000. No, I think no, I think 30, right, it is 20,000. No, the population of Yellowknife is 20,000. The population of NWT is probably 30. Oh, okay, cuz I remember it was about so maybe it is 70. Anyway, doesn't matter, continue. 60 to 70,000. Paying anywhere between, let's say, ten thousand a year, it's a lot of money. It is a lot of money. Yeah, I feel like you should be able to run your university on that for for the most part. I agree. They just spend money badly. So they they, I mean, it shouldn't come down to the government supporting it. If the government supports it, then tuition should be a lot lower. Well, the university needs to run better. 
I think post-secondary should be entirely government funded. I think it should be free because this is not. But if you're if if they can't if they can't run now with government money, they certainly aren't going to be able to run without it. I mean, yeah, exactly. If they can't run now with the tuition, they certainly aren't going to be able to run without it, right? Yeah. What is that? Seventy thousand times, and and ten thousand is probably the average is probably more. But let's I would just be surprised. Put, let's just put ten. Yeah, that's seven hundred million. You think you could run a university on that? You should be able to run a university on seven hundred million dollars a year. They shouldn't need government money. That's some. There must be something wrong there. Surely. Yeah. I mean, okay, there's scholarships in that, but even if even even if we're off, even if we're even if there's half the number of students, it's three hundred and fifty million dollars. I don't know. It just feels like you should be able to run a university on that money. Yeah. There should be money going to the government, not coming out of the government. If you're paying that much tuition, or tuition should be much much less. And the government's spending money. But it needs to be more efficient. Yeah. If the government's going to fund it fully, it needs I, to be run way more efficiently. I agree. I think I was thinking about this the other day. I think the reason that I, I think the government needs to fund it fully is because university was more optional in the past. There was a time when you only really needed a high school diploma to get a good middle-class job and raise a family. That is not the case anymore. You need a bachelor's degree to have a hope at getting a good middle-class job to raise uh, a family. You can, you can go to college and become like and, a tradesperson and, and have a good yeah, job. Yeah, but you're still paying... Okay, you need a post-secondary education. Yeah, that's true. To have a hope Yeah. at doing that. And so a post-secondary education is currently more necessary to make it in the economy than it has ever been before. And it is also proportionally way more expensive. Yeah, no, but uh, I'm just saying, like, you should, it needs to be run way more efficiently. Way more efficiently. And, and yes. government is not going to do that. I feel like there's a way for them to do it. Uh, yeah, uh, not do it the way they run government. Like, I mean, it, it's just got. I, you know, when you think of a f- governments, efficiency isn't the first word that pops to mind. Typically, no. Anyway, we're we're. I thought this was going to be a quick episode, but we're dragging on again. Yeah, we talk ahead. about too many things. <laughs> Next, uh, Northwest Territories again doesn't often make it into any of our. Uh, uh, yeah. Topics. Can but we, I now have, there, have it two times. Is there any way we can tie Northwest Territories to China? Because we've talked about them a lot too. Sorry, uh, go ahead. <laughs> um, so the Northwest Territories is reviewing whether or not it wants to continue using the Alberta curriculum, which it currently does use a lot of, especially in its high school uh, levels. Um, they have an agreement to just, yeah, piggyback the curriculum. Um, this is apparently routine as the five-year agreement is coming to the end and they're you know, reviewing other options about whether or not they want to renew it. But it also comes as the UCP plans to roll out their new curriculum, which shifts from the NDP's concept-based learning, where students you know, basically just need to show understanding of the concepts that are being te- taught, to knowledge-based learning, where students 
need to demonstrate that they know a set of facts. That's dumb. I agree. It also, this new UCP um, curriculum, downplays a lot of indigenous history, and critics say that the stuff that it leaves in is nothing more than tokenism. And one of the reasons they say that they're downplaying it and not teaching it as much is because things like residential schools are, quote, too sad to learn about before grade nine. <laughs> and Jason Kenney... He has a point. Interview, it's sad. And Jason Kenney did an interview where he essentially said that the education system had to be changed because it made children resistant to conservative ideas. This is also true. And he's true. like... Kids today, they're too smart. They're never going to vote for us. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where to start with that. First of all, especially, I mean, I didn't like it when I was going to school. And it was, this is the reason why I like math and I liked physics and I like chemistry. Because it was, the whole thing is concept-based. Once you understand the concepts and you know a couple of formulas that you generally were allowed to bring into the exams with you or weren't that big and, you know, you could memorize a formula or two, then then you could you could work your way through the program. But you could work your way through a test because you knew the concepts. And you knew how, to, all you need to know is what formula to apply where. And you knew, you could work it out. You go into a yeah. biology exam and they show a picture of a cell with all the little squiggly lines all over, you know, you have to know that if you want to pass that test. When, yeah. when in reality, you know, there's no concept that can get you there. It is, it is memorization. When the reality is, especially, and, and it, was, it was the reality in my day to some point, but it's even more the reality now, everybody in high school has got a phone. That phone's connected yeah. to the internet. They can Google what's in a cell in two seconds and no so you you know memorization i don't want to say it's a thing of the past it's important to understand you know you know it's important to but even un that understanding is concept it's not knowledge yeah yeah you're right it's it's just it's ridiculous to try to have people memorize facts i don't even know phone numbers anymore yeah it's i mean it's an archaic way of thinking and so it makes absolute sense that that's why the UCP is going there. And and then they're too sad. I mean, what what grade are you allowed to learn about sad things then? 10? You're not allowed to be sad before grade 9. <laughs> Nothing before high school can be sad. That's just silly. I mean, that's not even an argument. That I No. Oh. Come on. You it's can not, argue if you want to argue that they're they are ill-equipped to understand the intricacies of it until a certain point in development i don't know if that's i'm not i don't know when that is i am not an ece teacher or whatever but okay but too sad is, is not is not a thing no it's not it's it's really annoying and honestly i hope the nwt doesn't renew their agreement with Alberta, because I think their students will suffer for it. Yeah, I, I, they will. It's just because they pay for it. There's no until there's a university in Yelena in the NWT. You know what I mean? It's it's just easy to to transfer down to everybody goes to a university in in Alberta and and, and you're yeah. on the same program and it's a slide in. A lot go to BC too, though. Yeah, so you could line up with their curriculum, I guess. Yeah. Anywho, we'll see what happens there.
The Yukon is going to the polls Ooh, on April 12th. Another northern story. Yeah. Mayhem the fifth jurisdiction in Canada to do so during COVID. They have no active cases currently, and 45% of adults have got their first shot. And I just remembered I was wrong about something earlier. Mm-hmm. Pulling in the other northern territory, Nunavut, I said that with the NWT minimum wage increase, they would tie with BC for first place as the highest minimum wage in Canada. That's wrong. They'll tie with BC for second place because the minimum wage in Nunavut is $16 an hour. Okay. Unfortunately, there's no jobs, so they could have a million-dollar minimum wage. <laughs> it wouldn't no. matter. And it, and it needs to be because a four-liter thing of orange juice is 50 bucks. Yeah, so you'll need to work for four hours to get four liters. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I'm surprised they're only at 45% of vaccines. I think NWT's well beyond that. Like, they're vaccinating kids now. Yeah, yeah, they're doing good. We'll talk about that later, though. Oh, do we? Okay, move on then. Yeah. Another <laughs> NWT story coming up. Yeah. Whole edge of your seat stuff. That's a little uh, foreshadowing. Actually, it wasn't foreshadowing because <laughs> I completely gave it away. But anyway, <laughs> moving on. Um, yes, moving on. Now, most of the time, when a party elects a new leader, they get a little bump in the polls. That even happened with Andrew Scheer, who is about the lamest person you could ever elect leader of a party. It happened. The conservatives got a little bump in the polls because people are like, ooh, who's this? You know, somebody new. I'll consider them. The story has been a little bit different with Aaron O'Toole. He became leader of the Conservative Party about 200 days ago. At that point, the CBC had the Conservatives at 29.9% nationwide support. Currently, 200 days later, they now sit at 29.7% nationwide support. Yeah, that's that's a small bump in the wrong direction. It is. So nobody seems to really care that Aaron O'Toole... Sorry, I'm going to start that over. Nobody seems to really care about Aaron O'Toole. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's... Not that he's doing anything specific, just nobody seems to care about I him. wonder... If this is more about Justin's popularity taking a bump up because of how he handled COVID, especially in the beginning, versus Aaron O'Toole. Maybe, but you think you'd... I mean, he's not handling it great now. No, no, he's not. So you think... I mean, I guess we'll start to see if there's movement, I think, but I think really people are looking around and they're saying like, eh, I, I guess the liberals, I mean... Meh, you know? Like, I think we're at that point. But I was also thinking just the other day, you know, like, we can pull, 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 see where things change. Campaigns change everything. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Like, it, it doesn't matter what the polls say today, because two days into campaigning, everything will change. Yeah. Because, you know, that's when... They'll get to lie to us. You're going to hear more from everybody. That's when people who are saying liberal now are going to start to consider the Greens and the NDP more because you're going to hear from them beside and on equal footing with the other parties. So everything can change. So we'll see where it goes. Anyway, moving on. And this is interesting, and it's something that I disagree with. But uh, a law, a recently passed law by the liberals that made it illegal to make a false statement during an election about whether a candidate, a prospective candidate, 
the leader of a political party or a public figure associated with the political party is under investigation or has committed an offense. Um, and uh, also prohibits false statements about their citizenship, place of birth, education, professional qualifications, or membership in a group or association has been struck down by an Ontario Superior Court as unconstitutional as the judge said it was unreasonable limitation on free speech and it was an aim by the liberals to curb election disinformation uh provincial or federal federal but superior courts can strike down federal rules but now if they want to appeal it they can go to the supreme court and the supreme court can overrule the ontario judge yeah well they'll definitely take it to the supreme court and we'll see what happens yeah but I, I think it sounds like a good law to me. It, yeah, it's just during a campaign? It's during an election, yeah. During election season. So once the government says we are now in an election season. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, and what happens if they do? I, I don't know. I get maybe there's a fine, probably. And then obviously that would have to go to court. I mean, the election will be long over before anything's resolved yeah but still it, and nobody will hear is, about it and nobody will care i i don't i, don't, I think they will I, I think they will hear about it i think the opposition party would easily jump on and just be like hey just so you know this party did something illegal well we're taking them to court we're taking this party to court but then it becomes oh that's not true we're taking you to court and then what if it turns out that it is true later well i think this this who decides? In private, whatever. But I think it more so aims at curbing, like, you know, public declarations during campaign rallies where there are videos and witnesses and things like that, you know? Oh, I know, but whether a candidate protected these associates under investigation or has committed an offense. Place of birth. So, like, so like Trump saying Obama was born in Kenya or yeah. whatever. Is yeah. education so professional qualifications or membership in a group? So if you were to say Trudeau was a member of I don't know whatever the Proud Boys, Proud Boys, you know, by the time they took it to court and got the fine, it just it just it's not a law that anybody. It just doesn't. It's just a non consequential law. It's a it's not gonna nothing. It would nothing would come of that law. I don't agree with the Ontario. I don't think it's an unreasonable limitation on free speech. I don't think you should be able to slander people. But you're going to get into nuances about what people said, and then it's going to go to court, and then you'll be able to say, well, they said what's, this, and they're... What's nuanced about, like, you said it or you didn't? And there's probably... No, no, but how they said it about somebody's education or something. Like, I didn't say you didn't graduate. I said you didn't graduate with honors or whatever. Like, it just... It, it. I just don't think it would ever amount to anything. It feels like a waste of time making the law and, and probably a waste of money, all these court cases. I just don't see it mattering. I don't think it'll change what people say because by the time it actually, you say it and it works and you get elected and then you don't care if you get a $5,000 fine because you're now the government or the other party says you said something that's illegal, takes you to court, you lose because of this that got publicized and then it goes to the court case and it comes out and you were fine. So, like, I just don't... 
I think people are smart enough and and both parties are loud enough that this pretty much polices itself. I'm not sure you need a law. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, we'll see if that happens, uh, if they repeal it. Um, I'm, sh- I'm sure they will take it to the Supreme Court, but we'll see. Oh, yeah. Um, at the Liberal Party Policy Convention recently, there was a big push from liberal MPs and many regional branches and such to establish a permanent national UBI program, as well as a push for tougher national standards for long-term care homes. But both ideas were met with some resistance. Trudeau has never closed the door on UBI, but has also um, never really seemed enthusiastic about it, which what? to me means he, he doesn't want to do it and won't do it, but is... also recognizes that it's popular in his party and doesn't want to piss off the members. Is UBI some sort of birth control? Universal basic income. Oh, okay. And uh, Isn't there some sort of birth control that kind of has the same name? Yes. Um, IUD. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. And, no, then, that's and then a UTI is a urinary tract infection. Right. But this is universal basic income. Okay. Uh, but yeah, anyway, and then in regards to the tougher national standards for long-term care homes, certain liberals feel that the federal government shouldn't force standards on provinces which have jurisdiction over health care. But then other liberals were adamant, saying that, quote, if they, being the provinces, don't agree to standards, then no funding. Time to stop playing this game with provinces. Nothing else will move the needle. And this is, I sort of have this idea, and this kind of forces my idea, that some liberals, including liberal MPs, don't quite understand the party they're in. Because they're like, they're liberal MPs and liberals out here saying like, UBI, and tougher federal long-term care homes, let the federal government take more power over the healthcare system. And I'm like, have you looked at the NDP? Because... <laughs> You're just trying to turn the liberals into the NDP. There's, there's a party for you right over there. They literally sit across the aisle from you. <laughs> go go over. <laughs> like, this is... The Liberal Party is not the party of what you're advocating for. There is a party that advocates yeah. very strongly for everything you're saying. They typically only advocate for things like that during an election season. Yeah, exactly. And I think... They, you know what they should do people. is ma- make it illegal to say stuff that you're not going to do. That's what they should do. Yeah. <laughs> But no, it's it's like, I think the Liberal Party, over many decades now, has done that so much, where they advocate it so much during election seasons and when they're not in government, that they've tricked enough people to thinking that they as a party actually support that, so much so that they've tricked people into becoming MPs for them. Yeah. <laughs> Now they're in the like, now they're in parliament saying this. It's like, wait, no, what do you stop? <laughs> what are yeah. you doing? We don't want shh, like, shh, keep it down. Is it election time? No, shut up. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? What is a, it sounds I, like an earthquake there. Oh no, sorry, I just was laughing and so my microphone was shaking. Oh, okay. And speaking of that no, sorry, not speaking of that. But anywho. The Liberals though now uh, moving on. They have kicked off the process to select a new governor general two months after Payette resigned. I understand that they've been busy. We're in a pandemic. But as much as the governor general is a figurehead, it's also not nothing. Like, it needs to be done. Just do it. Yeah, where do I send my resume? (laughs) Uh, There's an advisory council. Um, 
It's chaired by Dominic LeBlanc, who's the Minister of Intergovernmental Affairs. His uh, email is on the Parliament website. Okay, I'll send him. I'll send him a copy. <laughs> hey, Dom. Just wanted to get my resume in there. I know you're looking for a new GG. Uh, really, there's two qualifications. Sign things. I have. Uh, I can sign my name. I've been doing it for years. Two, uh, not yell at your people that work for you, and I can do that as well. So yeah, you, you know. have have the managerial experiments uh, experience in the references yeah. to show that you don't yell at people at work that's right and uh you can just sign your resume as proof that you have a signature that's right done i um, meet all the qualifications of the job no, do you need to speak french yeah i was about to say you gotta speak french do you really yes bonjour mon ami come on ça va <laughs> où est la salle de bain quelle heure est-il <laughs> There, send that audio clip, and then yeah. they'll hire you for sure. Yeah, I've got it. It's in the bag, baby. <laughs> anyway, so we'll see who gets that. I can speak uh, Quebecois. It's just a lot of da, and mostly it's English anyway. We oui. <laughs> with us some we, oui? yeah, huh? And a lot of grunting. Don't tell the Quebecers that. Well, all the Quebec people that listen, they're uh. gonna they're gonna hear it. I, I apologize. <laughs> I love Quebec. I'm glad they didn't leave the country, but I can make fun of you just like I make fun of me, and I make fun of the Albertans and the BC people that are high all the time. I mean, I make fun of the entire country equally. Yeah. There you go. I might make fun of Quebecers a bit more, but not much. (laughs) And lastly, for political, do you remember, we talked about it a few weeks ago, maybe like a month ago even, the liberal MP who uh, got in trouble because she'd been like secretly hiring her sister at her constituency office for years? Yeah. She is being slapped with a $10,000 fine. You gotta like nail your microphone down. (laughs) She's being slapped with a $10,000 fine for that. Could you imagine if Trudeau had to get hit with that size of a fine every time he broke an ethics rule? (laughs) He'd be broke. Sorry? He'd be broke. Yeah, he would be. This is a backbencher getting a $10,000 fine. And I think the highest I've ever seen Trudeau is like 500. To be fair, uh, I I mean, I don't know. This this was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. And this was a very... Essency Lavalin wasn't pretty bad? Yeah, it was. But I mean initially it wasn't trudeau he got into it yeah for sure there was definitely it was it was bad as well this was more personal though i don't know it does seem steep it does seem steep but she can just yeah. take it out of her sister's money what was she making like 200k or something right like that's yeah. making a lot of money <laughs> yeah anyway that brings together the end of our political which i think was very long Closer to fine. You want to go first? Uh, sure. So I just, this is not a news story or anything, but I just uh, wrapped wrapped up my first project of my in-person semester. We did uh, scenes from the Glass Menagerie, and uh, we did three runs, and they're actually pretty good. Uh, they went quite well, quite happy. And then after it closed, um, obviously we couldn't, you know, have an indoor cast party, but there was seven of us and you're allowed to get together outside with groups of 10. So we went to a um, park and we, uh, it was at, at 10 PM because that's when our last show closed. Was it cold? It wasn't too bad. It's been not bad here. Okay. Um, I was wearing two jackets and, and, uh, um, and two masks over my, 
over my pants, but uh, it was fairly warm. I, I like I was mostly comfortable. And yeah, and we just went to a park and we sat in tarps and blankets and ate and drank and chatted and it was fun. That's it was a nice. Good time. Yeah. Are you allowed to drink in public in Edmonton? No comment. <laughs> Take the fifth. Sorry, what? I think your audio's cutting out. What was that? <laughs> Moving on. Well, I'll tell you, we've now had uh, a member of the family vaccinated. And almost all of my friends uh, from the north have been vaccinated. What flavor did they get? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But it just it just now it's starting to feel like it's getting close when you know when people you know well are starting to yeah. get vaccinated. Yeah, all my friends in the NWT got it too. It feels it feels good. Like it's like it's getting there. You know. So yeah. that's that that makes me happy. And I thought I forgot to mention last Sunday that Monday was the was International Women's Day. So happy belated International Women's so Day. Was. Yes. Grandma reposted your Women's Day essay, I think, on Facebook. From ages ago? Yeah. Yeah. That's what she said anyway. I didn't see it, but I didn't see it either. I think she's a liar. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, also, yeah, in, uh, International Women's Day, and uh, it was my 50th birthday, which was a bit more subdued than it might have been because, uh, you know, COVID. But yeah. uh, it was a nice day. Grandma came over, and uh, and we had a nice dinner. And then, uh, you legally yeah, allowed to have people over in Ontario right now? Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Thought I was gonna throw another one back at you. No, we were, we were, we were. You can socially distance and stuff. I'm pretty sure. It depends what zone you're in, and we're in red, so I'm pretty sure we can. Ah, we're not okay. in gray. If it was gray, then no. But we're not gray. Gray is worse than red. Oh, don't. Yes. I don't know why. I, I'm thinking Rob Ford's colorblind. I don't know. I don't understand it. I agree. Rob Ford like is like, colorblind because he's dead. Dead Doug Ford. <laughs> He's he's really colorblind. <laughs> but I don't, I just don't, I, I didn't get that either. It's like, oh, you're in red. Oh, that's the worst. No, no, gray is worse. How? Yeah. I would say <laughs> Just follow the stoplight system. Just, come yeah. on. It's already there for you. Why do you need so many colors? <laughs> and also, if you want to make... not even a color? Yeah, make it, maybe, I don't know. What could be, make red the worst. Whatever, whatever your system is, Red is the worst. Green is the best. You want to put whatever, like, m- do a rainbow in between. I don't care. But those that is that is the system. Green, it's it's set up. Green yeah. is the best. Red is the worst. Pick your flavor in between. <laughs> Come on. Gray. Ugh. And now the end is near. All right. Go ahead. Parting thoughts. All right. I have I have a few things, actually, more than I think I might have ever had for parting thoughts. Yesterday, I believe. It might have been two days ago now. I can't quite recall. Um, but let's call it yesterday. I woke up in the morning. People as I won't know. Do. And, uh, sorry? Nobody will know. Just say yesterday, and nobody will, <laughs> nobody will call you out. That wasn't yesterday. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but yeah, I woke up in the morning, and um, I uh, I started getting ready. And then pretty much immediately, after I just, like, made a little bit of noise, swung myself out of bed, I started hearing this meowing. And I'd remembered last night that 
I had uh, left my door open, and I try to close the door to my room because the two cats that we have in here, they like to wander in and then hide under my bed, and then when I close my door, they get trapped in here. Right. So I remember seeing that I left my door room open, um, my room door open, and was like, ah, damn. And I did like kind of a look for cats, and I didn't see any, so I closed my door and uh, didn't think anything of it. Then I went to bed, and I fell asleep. Then I woke up meowing, and I was like, oh, I guess there is one. So then I checked under my bed, which is where they like to hide, and uh, there was none there. And I was like, they didn't wake me up by crawling over me? Because it's happened once other time when a cat had been trapped in here. Tilly was trapped in here, and she woke me up by just, like, crawling over my face in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah, that's um, what they do. Yeah, and that didn't happen. I thought it was strange. So I was listening, and I hear this meowing, and it was coming from my closet. <laughs> And I had left my closet door open as well, and I didn't check my closet when I closed it for cats. So my roommate Haley's cat, Zephyr, had been trapped in my closet all night. (laughs) Uh, Was he hungry, thirsty, pissed at you? I think all of it. As soon as he heard noise, he was like, meow, 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 meow. And then I I let him out, and he made a big fuss, like walked around the whole room meowing, yelling at me. And I opened the door and he ran upstairs. He was cursing. He, he was definitely cursing at you. <laughs> yeah, he was. And I said, I was like, it's your fault. Don't wander into my closet. <laughs> you know hilarious. the rules. That's funny. Yeah. Anyway, another story. Um, this actually, I'm going to about it because this might have been during our off week, but it just occurred to me. I was, I was making breakfast for myself the other day and I pulled a mum and I set off the breakfast alarm. Um, by by burning an egg, uh, the fire alarm for people who aren't in on our family jokes. Um, it's typically uh, bacon fire alarm because for me, I, I sorry. It's typically bacon for me. Yeah, I didn't actually really burn the egg. I think it just got very um, smoky because of the amount of cooking spray I put in the pan. Right. Um, That'll do it too. The egg was actually fine. Anyway, so I set it off and then I I turned it off with the overly complex alarm system that our landlady has installed and went about my date it had happened before we've set off the alarm before by burning stuff in the kitchen turned it off messaged uh she gets a um an alert whenever it goes off so i sent her a text like hey we're fine i just burnt breakfast the house is still up so I'm going yeah so i'm going about my day and then I, somebody comes to the door and i was like who the hell's at her door that's you know 10 30 in the morning and so i go to the door and i open it and there's a fireman <laughs> And there's, I see, like, another one looking in my roommate's window, which is front, another one going around. I looked inside, and there's the fire truck pulled up in front of the house. And as soon as I open the door, he turns around, and he's like, I got one! And I'm, like, in my pajamas, and I'm like, hello? And he's like, hey, we got an, a, an alarm. And I was like, yeah, I, I burnt my breakfast. We turned it off right away, though. I, I didn't realize it called you. And he's like, yeah, it always calls us. And I'm like, it never has before. <laughs> And he was like, oh, well, we're here and, you know, want to make sure you're okay. You guys are okay. And I'm like, yeah, it's fine. I My just egg was a little egg. crispy. Yeah. And he's like, you're sure no one needs a ventilator or anything? And I was like, nope, we're <laughs> fine. And he was like, okay, have a nice day. And I was like, thanks. And they all walked away. And then I went to school. <laughs> that is so bizarre. Yeah. Like that, uh, just that it hasn't happened before. What happened with ours, like at, at Tobermory? Was they would, it was, uh, what was it called? Alarm force or something. So when you set it off, 
uh, they'd come on the two-way voice thing and be like, uh, is everybody okay? And you'd say yes. And then yeah. you'd have to give the password. And then they'd, they wouldn't send the cops or the fire yeah. department or whatever. I just always figured that if as long as because it hadn't happened before, I just figured that we had like as long as we punched in the code on time, we were fine. Yeah. But like and it's not like it's like we've set that thing off like four times since moving in. Right. That was the fifth. So, that, that, so I don't know what was different. What was different? Yeah. Extra burnt, Where's, extra crispy. Yeah, I don't know. It was weird. I was very thrown off. I was not expecting them to come. And then lastly, um, I've been watching Star Trek for a long time now. Uh, many years. And Greg has mostly been watching Star Trek, but he mostly watches the original series and Next Generation. Now, um, I don't know if you know this, but Greg, Hayden, Emily, Madeline, and myself have a group chat. Yeah, I did know that. Yeah. It's and called, we talk it's on called it. The Cousins or something, isn't it? No, it's called Star Wars. Oh. <laughs> but we just kind of generally talk is there, on it. Is there a minimum age? Like, when's Mia joining? And, <laughs> um, uh, eventually. Um, soon as, as soon as she's old enough for some of the memes that we sent. Is Hayden old enough for some of the memes that but, you sent? I would be more concerned about Emily, but yes. <laughs> um, anyway, so we're, Emily was telling us that she just finished watching Star Trek Discovery and that she was really liking it. And that was her first like foray into Star Trek and that she was going to go watch the other ones. Right. Have you have and you I, watched the last episode? Have you? No. Yeah, good. No, I was told I'm not allowed to. Okay, no, because that Mad- Madeline said, well, Dylan's watched it, I'm sure. I'm like, he's. I don't think he's watched it. He says he hasn't. I, I haven't. And I agree with Madeline when she was like, really, we're waiting? I was like, really, we're going to wait? But... I understand. I understand. I'm happy to watch it. I like watching it with you guys. So the problem is we wait. need to watch like the last episode again when by the time you're home. Yeah, the whole well, I'll have to watch the whole season. Almost again. the whole season, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, Sunley was talking about going back and watching, and Greg said, Go back and watch the original trilogy or the original series. And I said, No. For Emily, I recommend going and watching Voyager first. And that might have some, you know complex but i find voyager is what got me into star trek when i was about emily's age it is i think the one that might appeal most to somebody of emily's age because it has more of a family content there's a little bit more comedy um that kind of thing so i think it would help get her into star trek and make her more interested in watching yeah the original series the original really the original series is objectively bad yeah exactly so you really need to be into star trek to go watch it like it's 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 almost you know what i mean like it's not it's not great writing it's not even good acting (laughs) it's just you know it was it was original and it was cool but it's uh and it was a bit i don't know like it it wasn't popular even when it came out right it took a while before it became popular but yeah i mean objectively not a good show yeah so that's what i was saying i think she needs something and knowing emily I think she would be most interested, at least at this point, in Voyager, and then go back, watch TNG, DS9, original series, whatever she'd like. Um, and Next anyway, Generation was is okay, too, it's, but she almost needs to start at season two. Yeah, it's the first season's really rough. But anyway, Greg jumped in and said, no, don't watch Voyager, it sucks. And then Madeline jumped in and was like, how dare you, Voyager's awesome, and and I, I quite enjoy Voyager, so I piled on. Then he was like, okay, okay, I'll give it another shot. And then... <laughs> He watched 
half of the first episode and he texted me and he said, okay, Voyager's pretty great. (laughs) (laughs) He watched half. And the thing is, the first season of Voyager is not great. And the first episode isn't great. But he was hooked and he is really hooked. He is whizzing through it. This was earlier this week, maybe late last week. And he is halfway through season three now. Oh, wow. And season four is really when it picks up. Yeah, that's good. He was over here today. He was mentioning that he was watching Voyager and that he 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 sort of poo-pooed it in the past, but yeah. he, he's enjoying it this time through. It's good. Yeah, it's okay. It's not my I favorite, it. but it's okay. I know. I quite enjoy it. Yeah. Anyway, oh, we well, I was just saying, Greg was over today. He uh, he we we got him some. He wants to start his own his own podcast. So he's we I was just. We got him some podcast stuff for Christmas, and uh, he came over just to, I could help him get it set up. He's going to put his on Anchor, I think, where we used to be hosted. Mm. And I got him, I got him, actually, he was having problems with his mic. He couldn't get his mic to work on his uh, iPad. And so we oh. we downloaded Ferrite, and then his mic worked with Ferrite, so he's going to use the same the same recording app that we do, Ferrite, which is way easier for editing than the Anchor app anyway and then you just pop them in right it's no problem to pop them in so anyway a new podcast uh will be my nephew greg's we'll we'll i'm sure we'll plug it maybe we'll have him on for he was on him and hayden he and hayden were on one of our first couple of episodes yeah and uh so once he starts his we'll have him back and and we'll do a crossover episode he can discuss his he he actually is talking about starting two different podcasts because he says he says he likes to talk about history and he likes to talk about video games and he just doesn't know how to do that in one podcast (laughs) which makes sense i get that although you could just sort of this is the history segment this is the video game segment i guess yeah but but then you, you can get better episodes more focused episodes and not as long episodes if you have more focus yeah that's true this is true (laughs) <laughs> but that's never stopped us <laughs> yeah no it has not <laughs> and then your firefighter story firefighter story made me remember uh when when we lived on paul william gate and uh we were i don't know your mom and i were probably watching tv or something i think actually no that's a lie it was two in the morning we were sleeping and there was uh there was banging on the door like not gentle banging serious banging on the door i didn't wake up but your mother did she woke me up she's like the door somebody's at go get it you have to go get it it's like somebody's banging on the door you have to go get it so i went down and i'm like you know in a house coat or whatever open up the door there's two cops like a pretty big dude cop and a lady cop and and they're like uh is everything okay here sir i'm like yeah is there anybody else home yeah you know my wife i think you're probably in bed in your crib or whatever he's like is your wife okay i'm like yes we're all fine he's like we need to see her like what it's like we need to see her and he's like pushing his way in and stuff so i called your mother down she came down she's like you okay miss she's like yeah is you sure yeah everything's okay like you know like they almost tried to get her by herself and the lady cop tried to talk to her and make sure she was all right and then they're like, okay, and then they left. So obviously somebody called nine one one, and they went to the wrong address. Oh, jeez. 
So that's not good. No, that's not good I, at I don't all. know exactly what happened, but it was a very bizarre uh, evening, to say the least. <laughs> and then, for me, the, the joke of the week from Seth Meyers when he was discussing the CPAC convention, he, he talked about, he said, uh, there was a gold Trump statue unveiled at the CPAC convention, and this story was first reported in Exodus 32.4. <laughs> and he had a picture of the golden cow up there and stuff you know false idols and stuff but uh yeah made me laugh made me laugh hard and did uh, you did you see the gold trump statue from cpac i did it's horrifying horrifying nailed his hair though absolutely horrifying absolutely yeah it's just incredible well, who gave the go-ahead well trump obviously belongs in a satanic temple probably yeah, very scary. Yeah. Well, I think that's it. I can't think of anything else. I'm sure there was a couple of things that I wanted to bring up, but I forgot them. Are you sure it feels like this episode's running short? Nothing to fill the time? <laughs> I think, all right. I'm going to have to go through and cut it all of your microphone drops. <laughs> you only do a mic drop after every sentence. <laughs> Anyway, thank you for listening, and we'll talk at you again next week.